I thought it sounded sexy, so I was good with it. You, yeah. I think everything that you do is great. You, that's wow, how, someone's kissing some serious ass to start this <laughs> no, episode. No, this is how we know that Eric didn't listen to the last episode. Oh, fuck, you <laughs> caught me. no idea what oh, I'm talking about. Man. Nice try. Shit. Nice try. I know male BS when I hear it. <laughs> What's it sound like? <laughs> Sounds like Eric. Oh. What does it smell like? <laughs> oh. Smells like Eric. <laughs> Hey, I have, okay, I have 24, the cologne, the fragrance. Actually, it's called 24, oh the God. fragrance. I it's smell like, like Jack Bauer. You smell like Jack Bauer? Jack Bauer, what does Jack Bauer smell like? Fear. Fucking citrus and... And, um, <laughs> and vanilla. Citrus and vanilla. and vanilla. Welcome to Game of Bones. Oh, my God. Everyone Amazing. that's listening uh, to our show. Um, we're a 24 podcast we're a 24 hour 24 podcast slash cologne <laughs> podcast <laughs> and we're here to steal uh your souls so thank you for listening if you make it to the very end including the outtakes at the end of this episode you will lose your soul to us uh eric was just uh talking about some cologne mm-hmm. a fragrance yeah what else do we it's have to fra- talk about what's today what's the difference uh you uh, know there was uh there's stuff going on in the forest mm-hmm Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Before we get to the forest, we got a couple of comments on the uh, Watchers on the Wall. They, they were nice enough. I, I saw. I, I listed it as WoW comments, so I thought of World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and I realized. Did you post this somewhere? I did actually, and you know, it's some people who huh. uh, happened to listen to that episode commented on it, but uh, the comments were good. So I, I wanted to actually read a couple of them. One was from Queen of Thrones. This is going back to our discussion on the last episode about the relationship between Danny and Jorah and really what his motivation is. You know, because as readers at this point, we're not entirely sure. And uh, Queen of Thrones had this to say. Uh, she said, I think Jorah is telling Danny not to go to Illyrio's for two reasons. One, the reason he told her to keep her safe since Illyrio might not be trustworthy. And two, to keep her to himself. He'd never admit number two, but I think he's afraid once she isn't relying on him alone, she'll find somebody else. Mm. If she gets to Illyrio's and eventually to Westeros, there will be many people currying her favor, working with her and for her. You can see it in how much he distrusts pretty much everyone they run into. Sometimes he's got good reasons, but I also think he's a bit jealous slash controlling. Mm. Ouch. Yeah, I think that's that's an accurate read. Mm-hmm. It really depends on how George is writing his character. I know that I couldn't join you guys last week, which made me kind of sad. Um, yeah. But I spent a uh, very early morning uh, getting an earful of it. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, what if what if George is giving us all of these cues, just like Queen of Thrones uh, listed off of that comment, which seemed to be pretty clear uh, indications toward certain things inside of this guy, uh, chiefly among those being... Jor Mormont, the guy who can only be friends with Daenerys and no one else. You know, like, well, these other people are coming and they kind of make sense, but let's, you know, strong and white beard. Let's, let's be a little bit iffy. And then, you know, the, the window opens and the possibility of other interactions, uh, come into the world. And he, is he, is he honestly seeing this as, of fear of mixing her with other people and kind of sharing her attention in a way? Or is, is this kind of like George? allowing that to be a diversion for us. Like I've, I've come to expect more, but it could say a lot about Jorah um, just at face value. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. 
I think it's um, summed up really well by another listener who commented kind of in response to Queen of Thrones, and it and it kind of echoes, Zach, what you said. Um, it's from, and I always am afraid that I'm going to screw this up, Fifiru. <laughs> Does that sound right? I think we decided uh, it was Fifiru, right? <laughs> they say that they agree with what uh, Queen of Thrones was saying 100%. They go on to say, I think part of Jorah's apparent distrust is that he gets such a sense of power and importance from getting to be Danny's right-hand man. So tying uh, into what you said, Zach. So anyone else with a similar or greater level of knowledge about Westeros than he has, and uh, they're using the examples of Illyrio, Whitebeard, is a potential threat to his position. Along with that, the fact that since he himself has betrayed her in the past, I don't believe that he was still doing so by this point, He's obviously more distrustful of others since he knows better than anyone that it's a real possibility. Right. It's just interesting because as distrustful as he is of these other people and he's telling her to be, he's also saying, well, you should take two husbands. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's, you know, he kind of threw that in there at the very end of the chapter where it's like, well, you should probably pick another guy. Like me, yes. You and me, baby, Mm -hmm. all the way. But Mm -hmm. also somebody else because you have three dragons. We got to ride them. I don't know. It's kind of mixed messages. It's kind of mixed uh, result there by the end. Mm -hmm. I would would watch a a Danny, Jorah, Dario three-way. Dario? (laughs) I'm glad he didn't say Whitebeard. With or without Um, your limo cap? mm, (laughs) With. But that's all. Would you be driving the limo? (laughs) <laughs> you, like, a, you like slide the divider speaking, down in a matter of speaking I'll drive are you danny awesome. are you really danny in that situation <laughs> i might be i might be trading my or will you be more jorah dragon Ooh, good question there's just there's so many appealing people in that three-way <laughs> to pretend to be <laughs> i want to be the fourth member in this three and i want to be a white walker with a, a lightsaber to murder <laughs> all of you <laughs> It's a little bit just, rude. We're just trying to have fun oh as gosh. consenting adults. White walkers with lightsabers? I'm gosh. sorry. I just tried to think of the most destructive force in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Me. Actually, that would be pretty. Doing the um, berserk move, Wolverine's berserk move from the comics and the video game, the X-Men Origins mm-hmm. Wolverine uh, video game. Mm-hmm. I think my cat just took a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the most it. destructive force. Actually, it was a cat, like a three-way between but. Danny, Jorah, and Dario, and then a cat taking a shit in the corner. That would ruin, completely ruin the whole moment. You know what? I feel like our conversation that we just had is going to be more exciting than this chapter was. Yeah. So <laughs> really? I did yeah. I did the impression of this chapter earlier. And to be fair, like the first part of the chapter, which is all about it's summer out in the woods and Bran is warging into him. And he's off doing cool wolf shit. And that's like the best part of this chapter by far is Summer being an awesome wolf and like picking a fight. He's like, I smell a deer and there's a bunch of little wolves (laughs) and I'm just going to fuck with these little wolves and take their deer because I'm Summer and I'm a dire wolf. But it's actually like the parts where he's talking about the other dire wolves being his siblings and how he misses them. And one of one of his uh, sisters has gone to like the the man the man rock she has she's been confined to the man rock and it i think he means nymeria is like haunting all of the 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 woods and and roads near king's mm. landing but it reminded me of like <clears throat> the other siblings of the stark family and how each of their wolves is kind of parallel to them in some way 
Um, and the fact that although Sansa doesn't have a wolf, she's she has also been sort of confined to King's Landing. I don't know. It just made me think of the, the Starks and the wolves. Yeah, that was for me. I mean, I, I don't know what everyone else is thinking uh listeners if 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 your bodies are prepared to jump right into work into them zach right like (laughs) oh well i'm just i was reading this chapter and uh obviously this wolf stuff to me was was super fascinating and exciting and just the rigidity of george's writing being so just you know i'm a wolf i'm writing as a wolf so i don't have to be as eloquent as a person you know it's just Mm -hmm. like deer fear and blood the wind shifted suddenly, just like really small. You'd have to read it uh, completely mm-hmm. and not have me read it back to you to get kind of a, a full uh, picture of what's going on here. But for the better part of this chapter, he's just a wolf and he's just reacting to shit that wolves react to. Like, what's that over there? I'm going to yeah. go look. Mm-hmm. It's pretty well, cool. The, the, really, the really cool thing about this is you do get um, engaged when you're reading this about him being the wolf. But by the end of the chapter, he's being not scolded, but really heavily warned by Jojen that, hey, man, the wolf's will is actually stronger. It's having a stronger hold on you than your will is on the wolf. And we've heard him say this before, right? It's like it's dangerous. You can't get lost in the wolf. But there's a point where Jojen suggests that Bran could get like sucked in to just be the wolf for the rest of his days until he eventually like starves to death, I guess. Right. In the real world. Because and, it's more, it's way more compelling and cool to be a wolf yeah. with lots of legs than to be a kid with no legs. Oh, exactly. I completely understand that. But Bran's a brat in this chapter. He yeah. is. He resents Jojen so hard. Yeah. He, in fact, is talking about like usurping him. Like, why do we always do what he wants to do? I'm the freaking prince. Right. You know, kind of. It's like, I'm the prince of Winterfell and my. My wolf is also the prince of the woods. What of yeah. you? You're not prince of anything. How would you know? Yeah. You've never yeah. been a warg. You don't know to what it's fair, like. To be fair, Bran is yes. nine. You know, he's nine years old. Yep. And he has been treated like royalty for most of his life. So maybe this is just him being like, oh, wait, I'm a Stark and I have noble blood. And what is mm-hmm. this frog eater telling me to do? You yeah. Know? Can't they hunt anything besides frogs? Have you guys ever (laughs) eaten frogs before? Uh I've had frog legs. Mm -hmm. That's a frog. Yeah, I assume there are other parts of the frog that taste different. Maybe. Well, did you? You know what? Frogs don't have a lot of meat. I think the legs are really just the part that. Yeah, you're hanging out on wrong frogs, buddy. So I've had frog. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Kate, have you had? Kate, have you had frog? I have had frog. I, I had it in Shanghai. And I don't know if that is a typical frog eating experience. Teriyaki frog? Bless you. No, it was it was like a deep fried frog. Frog, frog tempura. Frog giblets. Yeah, kind of like a tempura. But the the thing about it was each each little piece you would think, ah, oh, this is going to be frog meat. But it was largely frog bro- bones. It was like eating little little frog popcorn with the kernels oh, still in it. Corn. So like every frog corn. Yeah. Um Every every bite you'd like crunch down on frog bones. Um, I'm having so. such a good time right now. I'm sorry. Keep going. It's okay. I forgive you. This actually sounds delicious. <laughs> it was not. It was not my most pleasant eating experience in all of my life. I will say that. But it was. It was probably 
a normal frog eating experience? Tell me about yours, Eric. Uh, it was at uh, Hugo's Frog Bar and Chop House. We were celebrating a friend's 27th frog birthday bar. party. Yeah, Hugo's Frog Sounds Bar. Like a hopping good time. It's in. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the. Um, it's, there's a. <laughs> There's there's a court um there's like three roads intersect uh in downtown Chicago just east of where a mutual friend of Zach's and mine actually we all know him Dylan uh used to live and the three roads intersect it's like Dearborn and I'm trying to think what the other two are anyway it's, uh the area is nicknamed by oh it's about the triangle people the Viagra Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the uh, Hugo's Frog Bar is right there. Oh and, yeah, uh, it is. And you just go and get some frog legs, and it's awesome, and some cocktails. It's pretty good. I love frog legs. I love cocktails. Two good things that are good. <laughs> frog legs and cocktails. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, that's the. And it was just it was just a birthday thing, and we had some frog legs, and uh, I think the I think they were pretty good. I'm trying to think if they were like they weren't like seasoned or anything. It wasn't like temper or anything they they maybe had like a dipping sauce but you get them oh they're on a skewer i remember this they're just <laughs> each leg was on a skewer <laughs> it's like and it's it looks like that's chicken how you normally serve frog right oh yeah frog i mean i guess i just assume yeah it's but like anyway a portuguese barbecue they just come around and <laughs> cut them off onto your plate oh, gosh like a but, uh fogo de chow that's a brazilian Brazilian you know, I wonder, I wonder how Mira and Jojen prefer their frogs, though. Apparently, I mean, it's all they eat. Right. Uh, she does pick up two fish, I guess, for Bran, um, or for all of them, just for like a little diversity. But she's really good coming from where she grew up and all. Um, hey, Mira heck. Reed was 16, a woman grown, but a she woman stood grown. no higher than her brother. All right. Get it straight. Yeah. Get it straight. They're all short. They're all short. Bran had the uh, balls to ask her, "Hey, why are you so short, woman?" And she said to him, "Hey, why are kinda... you so short, woman?" Yeah, yeah. that's not mm-hmm. a direct quote, but it was the sentiment. It was, was paraphrasing. That. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. Um, but, this chapter uh, really does change. It does. It does change <laughs> it, through the lens of the Game of Thrones interpretation. Yes. It says that they they made this these frogs into a stew, a frog and fish stew. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Oh, Hodor like even that. picked the onions. I mean, how cool is that? They had two yeah. small silvery trout. Mm-hmm. Said that right? Yep, you sure did. This is, I think, a little example of Bran being a total brat in this. He's like, he's complaining in his head about the frogs for the entire chapter. He's like, ugh, I hate eating frogs. How can anybody eat frogs all the time? Why can't we eat anything other than frogs? And then Mira brings the frogs. She's like, who's hungry? And he's like, I am. That's not for frogs. <laughs> and then she's like, will you help me clean the catch? And he's like, I guess, but I gotta have to touch those stupid frogs. And then he eats the frogs and he's like, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's just, he's just being a whiny little. And I understand that life is very hard for him right now, but he is being rather unpleasant, at least in his mind. And I think it's honestly probably this this influence of the wolf in his head, which is what Jojen is warning him against. He's like, hey, the wolf's influence is really strong over you, so you need to be careful. And he's like, I don't need to be careful. What do you know? And I think that's actually probably partially the wolf being like, well, it's 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 sort of See, like um the ring of interesting. like the ring of power. Like it's like, it's this it's sort of getting into his head and making him think thoughts that yeah. aren't his, you know? Because the wolf at its core is like a savage beast, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like no, getting it's not. into this- no, it's not. <laughs> You've never been a wolf. 
is just what misunderstood. You know? I have been the wolf. I I sometimes podcast as the flying wolf. So oh, that's true. Oh. You, oh. you stop. You stop. You okay? stop. <laughs> you stop. Just, you all right. Stop. Let's all stop. I, th- I thought I yeah. thought maybe you wore wolf pelt, like kind of how you wear fishnet. <laughs> that's how you were the wolf. That was one time. That was one time. No, but <laughs> I, I think it's a great point that you raised, Kate. Because it's it, it's it's becoming more of a two way street, right? It's not just brand warging into summer. It's more of summer's personality coming back through brand now, mm-hmm. and and you see that in his interactions with Mira, more so with Jojen. But I think what you brought up before is also important to remember is in that he's nine years old. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is all he has. Yeah, you know he has Hodor. Which really the communication there is is limited. Hodor is going to do everything in in his power to protect Bran in in a difficult situation. But Bran doesn't even have the ability, you know, with the exception of Summer, to defend himself. I mean, you're you're talking about a 13 and a 16 year old who are accompanying him. These are children, you know. Mm-hmm. They're and I think he needs to gain a little bit better perspective for what it is that the the, the ultimate situation that he's facing. You know, his home is destroyed. His family is dispersed. There, there's not many options for him. And, and even the, the potential places that they, that he could go and he kind of racks them through his mind towards the end of the chapter and he decides against it. You know, he's, he's a bit isolated. And I think he really has to learn to trust in these people because even though you could say we're not sure entirely what Jojen's motives are, they're the only people he has. Oh, I would say that Jojen's motives are quite clear. I mean, at least he appears honest. He appears to just honestly want to guide this kid. I mean, when he says that you need a a better teacher than me and we're going to go find that teacher, we got to go north of the wall. I don't know. It just seems like it seems like a selfless act. I trust his motivations more than I trust Jor Mormont's uh, with Danny. Right now, because it just really Guys. seems like, I mean, they left, they left their home. The Reeds both did all because Jojen apparently had this dream and he continues to have this dream that tells him that Three Eyed Crow wants to see Bran. Right. And I don't know. It's like the central conflict of this chapter. You know, how are they going to proceed? Do they leave this place where, I mean, it's safe enough because Hodor can go screaming his name for hours on end as he decimates uh the woods with his blunt sword um you know and nobody notices but it's the point where they are still uh, i guess a bit close to where they were before and they they just need to decide to travel to get away yeah and to address micah's point i was looking for this quote he he brought up the fact that brain is only nine years old and he has this this great quote jojen's like you are you going to remember to do like mark a tree or n- nudge a line of rocks into a row to try yeah. to ascertain you know, like how much control he actually has over summer when he's worked into him and he keeps forgetting because as soon as he becomes a wolf the wolf's priorities take over yeah. and he doesn't want anything to do with this stuff so he was like are you going to remember next time and brand says i just i just forget i'm only 9 i'll be better when i'm older even Florian the Fool and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight weren't great knights when they were nine. And <laughs> Jojen says that is true and a wise thing to say if the days were still growing longer, but they aren't. 
Oh, which, oh that's remember your house words, Bran. <laughs> yeah. Remember your house words. Right. Time to get time to get scared stiff. That reminds we me. We could officially say right that now. now. Yeah. On this date that we record, yeah. because Ugh. it is now officially fall. Right. So hopeful. Twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. It was there. Summer is gone. Ever which since means, the solstice of summer, the days get shorter. Yeah, but now I think we can officially then say you those know words, can't we? Winter is coming. Mm. It mm. is. <laughs> We've said it every year. We'll say it again. Damn it. We have to. Mira has a frog spear. It's true. She does. And she prefers, her like preferred weapon uh, ensemble is the frog spear and a net in her other hand, Mm -hmm. which is totally cool. I think she's impressive. Do you remember when you used to get the net in um, A Link to the Past? It was like- Yes. What what could you catch in it? Fairies, flies, bees. Yes. Anyway, sorry. I I just thought I'd throw that out there. Pretty cool. Gotta have a bottle though. I wanted to say though that this no, chapter actually, for what it, yes, I did want to say this. This chapter, no, I didn't really didn't mind reading this chapter. It t- it took me two tries to get through it, but I did. Uh, the first time I was listening to the audiobook and Ray Dotris just put me straight to sleep. But mm-hmm. um, the second time I actually sat down and read it and listen, <laughs> like I think that this episode or this chapter, it accomplishes one thing, which is to show the situation that Brand is in and how he's yes. stuck between worlds here. I mean, he is straddling the two worlds there's a world where he can climb and just destroy other wolves and other and all of his attackers and it's a stark contrast uh a nettered Mm. stark contrast to (laughs) his actual feelings of helplessness his real peril that he's in uh in the real world he's not just paralyzed um but He's nearly defenseless and it's, it's really just, he wants his destiny. And this is what he succumbs to in the end. He's, you know, Jojen, bless him, is giving him homework assignments. I mean, how could you not say that Jojen does not have, uh, his best interests in mind? I mean, I just think that this, this whole chapter though because is like, you a, don't know ultimately where he's leading him though. It's That's clearly building towards something. Well, I don't have any like worries. There's, there's never been a point in this book where it's like, Oh, it could be dangerous where we're going, like more dangerous than it is to stay put. I think everything is on the side or in favor of them moving on. I, th- I think that it's in everybody's you best interest if they going beyond the their... wall is more dangerous than staying where they are. Not with, uh, the Ironborn and what we know is going to happen with the Boltons and all the other Bannermen that are either dead or can't be trusted. And just like Jojen I mean, says in this chapter, it's 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 a direwolf. It's a boy who has to be carried. It's two Craningmen and Hodor. <laughs> like they they yeah. stick out. They <laughs> stick out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they do stick. They stick out like a sore thumb. Um. But you know, and I, I I'm not going to knock the chapter completely. But I mean, I understand its purpose, and I actually really did like how the chapter opened and the fact that you're seeing through the perspective of a wolf and. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's almost as if you're seeing through the eyes of a person because a lot of what you're able to experience is as if you're inside the conscience of a human being. And so I just I like that twist because you don't you don't always get that um in some of these chapters. So I don't know. I just I and I really like the way that it was written too. I mean, just there was a, so much detail in that first, you know, the first couple oh, of pages. Yeah. I mean, you almost feel bad for the wolves that he's killing, right? Or was that just me? That well, was he doesn't kill the wolves. Just me. Um, he destroys he fu- he one fucks of them. Up. 
Yeah. He, he fucks him up. He, no, he does kill the one. He rips no. out its throat. Oh, yeah. One angered him so much that he whirled in a black fury and tore out the attacker's throat. Oh, come and from on. Then on the others, yeah. From then on, yeah. from then on, the others kept their distance. Is, is, I thought that he entered the fray, you know, entered the mix because, you know, this chapter was, you know, like, like Mike has said, it, it did start out very like just detail ridden as we've come to know and as we've come to really appreciate. But uh, when, right. you're, when you're not through the eyes of Bran, you kind of know it's it's leading toward whatever world that this wolf is trying to paint in front of us. The ridge slanted sharply from the earth, a long fold of stone and soil shaped like the claw. Trees clung to its lower slopes, pines and hawthorn and ash. But higher up the ground was bare, the ridge line stark against the cloud sky. What does this tell us for much of what's happening with Bran's situation uh, not much, but it owes to the larger perspective, which I think is is uh, also very important when we're thinking about how he's reacting outside of the wolf. I think all of this is sort of piling on not only to someone who's as young and naive as he is, but to someone that is injured like he is in his situation. So he's dealing with, with kind of a, a really terrible situation. Not kind of, but he's dealing with a pretty terrible situation just alone, his injuries and let's just say not the reasons why he's traveling this way, but the fact that he is traveling this way. So all the stuff that was mentioned before with with the terribleness that's going on with his life and with having to deal with what's been going on with your family and where you live happen and mm-hmm. having to be thrust in the situation, like all of that, all of that put aside, just the simple fact that that he's able to, let's just say, magically close his mind away and jump into his his wolf and have the knowledge and have the feeling that his wolf had when it was thinking about uh, the other dire wolves. And I just felt like in this chapter, we got so much answered if we had confusion on how the dire wolves reacted within one another and how they mm-hmm. uh, react with the kids. I mean, throughout these few paragraphs where the wolf was thinking to itself about who he is and about who his brothers and sisters were and how it was sad when, uh, when I'm assuming Lady was, was killed by Ned and uh how she was out of the picture you know things like that it's just like there's so much in there for us but then again uh we're we're flipped out of the situation when he's done fighting with the wolves and we're 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 stuck dealing with the unnecessary angst of a really small person and we're seeing this as adults <laughs> reading this and we're going dude you know don't be so uh, sure of yourself. Jojen is clearly just trying to help you. Just because he doesn't warg doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to his advice because marking a tree uh, would help in a lot of different ways. It would also give you a little bit of sharpening and, you know, moving the stone around. Little stuff like this that all makes sense to us. We yeah. we get it, all right? But that's that's the that's the role that we always play reading stories. Like, no, don't go outside. You know, there's the scary guys out yeah. there. Little right. stuff yeah. like that. We're just painfully having to go through this process with Brandon as he grows up and we don't like it because he's not acting in a way that we really would see fit in the situation. And like I said, all the details aside, all the bad stuff, I mean, they're laying out in the middle of the wilderness with a giant man that can only say one word, beating the living hell out of trees. I mean, there yeah. is some shit going down. Man, the green seers would not be happy with Hodor right now. <laughs> I think so. He's he's a good champion if that's what he ends up ever being or something. Like he's 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 doing his job. He's he's taking care of these people and they're all taking care of each other. And it's a shame to see him disagree, but they're kids. And yeah. for for the love of God, I mean, they've made it this far. It's just a it's a miracle that they have anyway. Like it's a resourceful crew of people 
and they're just trying to make shit happen. So, Bran, you're young, and I'm not pissed at you. You're a very good wolf. You had some good tood, and you didn't kill the guy's alpha male. And let me just say to anyone who's reading this chapter, this dude, or to anyone who's not reading the chapter, this dude, Bran, who's nine or something, dove into a whole pack feasting on a deer and was like, all right, fuck with me. And just like looked around at him like, who's next? You want to get nuts? Yeah, exactly. Like the mask or whatever. Yeah. He just confidently paws into this place and is like, all right, who wants to fight? No one, you, all right, fights him, lets him live, eats his his wolf meat. You know, the whole time, like, hmm, I wonder how my brothers and sisters are doing. You know, it's just, it, it's a strange, it's a different thing. Yeah, he's reckless, though. I mean, with the wolves, like, they aren't as big as him. He's a friggin' dire wolf. He's a different species. But together, they're different. They're as big as him. I mean, I think he said there's wording, like, half as tall. But there's two of them, like a man and a, well, I don't say man and a wolf, uh he-wolf and a she-wolf. Um, and a whole family of wolves eating on this deer. And he's like, that's the one that I want for myself. I'm going to go get it. And yep. instead of honing his skills, like we were saying, I mean, moving rocks around, kind of, you know, working on controlling the wolf, he's succumbing to the wolf's basest fears and, or not fears. Um, he's succumbing to the wolf's basic, um, interests, you know, in, in, in stirring shit. So. He is getting lost, and I think there's a quote here from from Jojen. Bran says to him, my third eye is open like you wanted, and Jojen replies, so wide open that I fear you may fall through it and live all the rest of your days as a wolf of the woods. Uh, so it's a real concern. It's a real fear there, and uh, nobody could say it as good as George R. R. Martin, so I had to find that quote. I like the transition between Bran as a wolf and becoming Bran the boy again. It's when he's eating this deer and the the wolves are watching him and he hears he hears Hodor's voice <laughs> yeah um, and this is this was really uh this this was a vivid thing that i could kind of relate to because you imagine yourself having just the best dream like whether it's like a really sexy dream <laughs> or you're having a dream about being rich or you can fly or you're a superhero or whatever you're having the best dream you know nothing about the fact like this is one of those dreams that could totally be real and the transition between that and real life like you hear your alarm going off or you realize you have to go to the bathroom and you slowly transition out of this and you're laying there in bed for a minute you're like no yeah no it's so heartbreaking so heartbreaking to realize that whatever you were dreaming about is just in your head and none of it's real and that's what he goes through every time he comes out of this yeah. warging with summer because he's just like i don't he says it here the the rich warm taste of blood faded on his tongue no don't don't i want to eat i want to i want and like that that to me i just hit me right in the chest i was like oh i know that feeling so well it's like no please don't wake me up no, it's so good. It's Dreams so good are so here. fun. Yeah. I've yeah. been there before. And that, that is yeah. lame. It's like, why do I have to? So lame. I wonder if I fall asleep and then the next. Can minute, I go back to it? Yeah. Yeah. Start off yeah. where I was or Never maybe, works. Never yeah. Missed a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. It's, for well, me, it's usually like something involved with building uh, a treehouse city. Ooh, <laughs> treehouse city. Cool. That's awesome. Oh, that'd be that so is cool. fun. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say something. Another um, aspect of the dream world—not the dream world, but the war world—a lot of things are described as being green. Did you re did you pick this up, Kate, when you were reading? Because um, Hodor's voice, like it's described, like from as coming from the clear world and not 
the green world as everything is described when he's a wolf. Hmm. It ties it back into this idea of the green seers and why they call it the green sight. I don't know. I just found it fascinating. Each of the references of, of like to color and to the, to basically the color green. Um, it, it's kind of a skewed way of viewing the world. It's basically like if they were showing, um, this on the show, the whole color palette would be more green as a result of showing what driving uh, natural force is behind his visions. I think that he's there's a difference, though, between warging and green sight. Well, he jo- says that in the show. Yeah. Yes. I'm mean, yeah. sorry. In this jo- chapter, it's Jojen has the green said. sight. Yeah. Jojen has green sight, <clears throat> which is seeing the future. And that's not quite what. But it's doing. understood that they're generally coming from the same power source. Because the green seers could do all of those things. They could warg and they could see the future and they could, yeah. well, they, they could warg, they could do more than warg. Um, this actually goes into my own. Are we ready for owns? Yeah. Own it. Own it. Okay. Own this it. goes into my own. So own I'm glad we own your wolf you brought this up. Uh, my own is going to go to Jojen Reed. I feel like he's in this chapter genuinely humble. Um, but Bran says, uh, towards the end of the chapter, then you teach me. And uh, he says, you're a green seer. And Jojen says, no, only a boy who dreams. It's like, alas, I am but a boy who dreams. <laughs> he says, the green seers were more than that. They were wargs as well as you are. And the greatest of them could wear the skins of any beast that flies or swims or crawls and could look through the eyes of the werewoods as well and see the truth that lies beneath the world. So Jojen knows exactly how unexceptional he is compared to all of the uh, actual green seers. And he's not afraid to tell that to Bran. He says, you need a teacher here who could do all those things. So we're going to seek him out. And I think that uh, that is known for Jojen. There's there's a, a bunch of references at the end of this chapter, right around the area that you were just reading, that have to do with Bran flying, like being a flying wolf or mm. learning to fly. He's like, I don't, I don't have any legs and I don't, can't walk anymore, so I want to learn to fly. And I think that this is all some kind of foreshadowing. Like, we have gotten to the point in the show, which is sort of at the end of book three, middle of book four, maybe, with with Bran's story. Um, and I think that there's going to be some kind of important flying in Bran's future. But want to talk about this stuff for months. I know. It's like, well, do you think he's just going to be able to warg into birds and then fly that way? Or do you think he's actually going to be able to fly at like his physical? I want to show, like I've, I've shared this crazy theory before and maybe this is something that do it. we shouldn't, because I, when I, when I theorize about stuff, I, it's, it's basically so. is like, it's, <laughs> it's not in the books, obviously, because this is something that I've just theorized about. So, but um, my theory is that Bran will eventually work into one of Danny's dragons. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's going to be Bran's fate. And I think that that is how Bran will die. Ooh. Yeah. So like if you die in the Matrix, do you die in the real world? Yes. When you okay. die, I think it's when you die as a warg, you're stuck. There's there's the wildling who died, his human body died. So he at the last minute warged into his eagle. And now he's stuck um, as an eagle. Yeah, so I think you're, I think you're stuck in one body or the other. This is my my conspiracy theory when it comes to Bran's fate. Well, isn't there a quote? Uh, 
in now I'd have to rewatch, but in in season four at the end when he meets the man under the tree who or who is the tree, um, he's talking about his broken legs and he asks for the guy to heal them and he's like, no, you'll never use your legs again. But mm-hmm. then there's like an afterthought where he's like, oh, but you won't need to because you're, you're going to learn to fly. Mm-hmm. You will fly. You will fly. Yeah. And you there's will fly. there's the um vision. There's like a, there's one of the episodes in in this season that where Bran has a vision. Um, and one of the scenes is, we've talked about this on the show before, yes. I think, but there's, but like there's being a scene, airborne. right. There's a scene of King's Landing with the shadow of a yes. dragon flying over it. <laughs> and then there's a scene of Bran falling. And then there's the same scene of the dragon shadow flying over King's Landing. They repeat that scene twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has to do with Bran's fate. <clears throat> also, I think there was, um, a chapter that we read pretty far back maybe not too long after Bran fell um, from the tower and he's dreaming about soaring high above Winterfell. And mm. there's there's a, a lot to do with flying uh, as well. So I think that it's probably not a bad guess on your part, Kate. I think that there's a lot of merit to that. Mm, but do you think theories. that, like, let's just say that he dies, right? <laughs> yes. Do you think that he dies because he tries warging into a dragon and he just can't consume the uh, dragon's oh, spirit? Look at this episode. No. Or is it just because huh. the dragon's going to die and he's going to die with the dragon? I love this. I, I think that either Bran's body will die and he'll be trapped as the dragon, or the dragon will die and it will kill both of them. Um, so I don't know what that means. This is like Aragon shit. Yeah. 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 That was a terrible series. Was really, by the way. I don't know, man. Those shades are pretty mean. <laughs> they were mean. Anyway. 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 My own goes yeah. to so that's your own. This is my, this is my conspiracy theory. And I, I feel very secure in it because we won't know for like at least three or four more years if I'm correct. Well, you imagine that Danny would not align with the Starks or would she? Or would she? Kate doesn't have an exact litmus on that date. Please don't. <laughs> Rather angrily, <laughs> I'm trying to determine if I'm trying to, ter- to determine if Bran wargs into the dragons to stop them from doing whatever Danny wants them mm. to do, assuming she's still in control of the dragons, or if he wargs into no. them to like help her. I think uh, Danny and John will get married, and John will be one of her dragon riders. But and... he's also like her long lost brother, right? I mean, yeah, well, that's well, what, that's what they're into. Yeah. <laughs> that's so what, what they do. They um, so I think that as a result, Bran will be on John's side, obviously. And John will say, well, we don't have a third dragon rider, but you could be our dragon warger. You could just so be a dragon without a saddle, dude. You could just dude. be a dragon. Yeah. Without and a saddle. So they, they actually have Bran warging into the dragon. I don't you know, know if the dragon's every time, like that. Every time Drogon uh, flies off and they can't find him, they just call Bran. They're like, go warg into him. Bring go him back. find him. Bran gone. Yeah. Again, Brogon. he flew away. Bro- Brogon. Brogon. <laughs> oh, Brand man. gone again. Brand gone. <laughs> My own actually is uh, similar to yours, Kate. And uh, just the quote that uh, Jojen says when he when he's talking about um, what we've been spending like the last five, ten minutes talking about. Um, I dreamed of a winged wolf bound to earth by chains of stone and came to Winterfell to free him. The chains are off you now yet you still do not fly. So I think he's kind of owning him in that moment, saying, okay, I've been here, I've done it, and you're not following through on your end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Or you're not you're not trying hard enough. You're not learning from what I'm trying to teach you. Even though, Bran, or even though Jojen says, you know, I can only teach you so much, it's just that Bran is not 
willing to stop being a nine-year-old for a minute mm-hmm. and and really listen to what Jojen is telling him. Yes, it's 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 discipline. Bran has these these gifts, and he has this reality. And if he doesn't put forward the proper effort, it's not going to work out the way that they'd like it to work out. You know, let's talk hypotheticals here again for a minute, because I just thought of something like if Meister Lewin hadn't died. I mean, Meister Lewin, keep in mind, he didn't even really believe in all that shit. Uh, So would he be, would Bran, my question is, would Bran be better off? Would we be better or worse with if Meister Lewin were with them? Like, would Meister Lewin be like, oh yeah, hone your skills. Or would he just be like, uh, you're a boy now, so I don't... You just be, would he just be out of place completely in their little group? I assume that the Meisters would look down on warging. It seems like kind of a dark art because you could very well hone yourself to warg into humans. Um, and maybe this is coming from, I'm just like contagious from other series that I've read, the, the Robin Hobb Assassin's Apprentice series um, is... The series where canonically warging is like will get you ostracized from any village, and it makes perfect sense. Like you don't want to be around a dude who could just take over your body whenever he wants to. Right. So I assume that I the know. meisters, as like the the practitioners of common sense and medicine and science, would probably frown on the idea of honing that skill. It's just weird because it's totally it's basically like the whole Stark family's birthright. You know, coming from the first men who may or may not have intermarried with the children of the forest and whoever else, um, you know, coming in and learning that half of the Starks at this point in the books can warg and have warged and do warg, um, either in dreams or as Bran does it, you know, whenever he can. Uh, it's interesting to think that it would be looked down upon because it's just something that they can do. It's just a power they've apparently always had, you know, and never really realized until now. I mean, the power is coming back into the world, but it's not something that they are sh- should be ashamed of, like, being able to do, you know? Well, seems that all these people with their powers and their golden power, and so I have nothing to say. It's just the, the Starks are <laughs> getting their stuff back, while the Targaryens are getting their stuff back. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your own, Oh, fella? crap. Zachary. We we just talked about theories and stuff. This has been a great episode. I'm glad to be back, guys. I missed you. Welcome back. It's good to see you. Too. It's mm-hmm. good to see you too. Are we on camera right now? Should sure. I put no, my clothes actually, back on? In your mind. You know, I'm right. actually looking at this fan art of Kate who is like totally <laughs> badass. I know. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so cool. I can't I believe Kate, it. Though, I can't if this believe it. if this I'm happens you. to your limousine or whatever, you you can't be the world's best driver. No, this happens to the limousine about every three and a half seconds. That's why the game is so fun it's just you blow up all the time sounds fun uh-huh. to me it's a joke it, once you play the game a little bit you'll get it but this okay. is a joke okay. about the <laughs> gameplay of the game so this is just like exploding limousine i'll basically. give i'll give my own to uh kate this week for <laughs> for being the only one of us in a video game uh it's called roundabout get it on steam um, i don't think that's ever been done before i think it's the first time one host has ever given an own to another host <laughs> But I think it's acceptable. Exactly. I'm looking Thank at this piece of fan art sense. and uh, pretty BA. Pretty BA. <laughs> Nobody said it was on Steam. Zach, is it on Steam? Yes. Yeah. It's well, shit. Off I'm going right to go now. get it then. I have yeah. Steam. Yeah. It's like 11, $11.99. No, right it's now. cool. It's cool. It's very exciting. We're all very proud to, of it. To check it out. Yeah. I'm going to put it on our Instagram. <laughs> oh, that is pretty good. You should. <laughs> I will. We've had lots of talk about all of this. And if you guys are listening, 
And you're our uh, little birds Patreon supporter things. Hey, you'll yeah. hear more about Yay. it next week. Yeah, or I mean, or whenever it comes out. An so inside scoop, chapter two. Ooh. My own, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not somebody Kate. else's. Um, as far as this this chapter is concerned, I feel like we've given it, we really put it through its paces as far as the way it transitioned and how it rubbed us in certain ways. And, you know, none of this is from any kind of a logistical standpoint. Like, clearly, we're massive fans. You're listening to a podcast we make about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now that that's out of the way, uh, I just want to just, just zoom out and look at it one more time and, and say that so much is in here. And my first impressions were drastically wrong especially after giving it um, a much stronger look and some conversation. So if you're reading along with this and you have read it and maybe you felt similarly, just do it again. And if you're not reading, shame on you. Person listening to our show, you like us or not, read. So your own for the chapter goes to the chapter? No. And now it's time for my own. (laughs) (laughs) My own goes to Summer, who is such a blunderingly confident, Awesome direwolf. Yeah. Summer is awesome. He's just getting shit done, as we like to say it around the farm. So, summer to you, my own <laughs> goes. And I hope that it stays with you until our uh, episode and our show returns next week. Well, Zach, I do have my <laughs> finger on the pulse of our listeners right now. Jeez. Oh, or at oh, least boy. I have my fingers on my phone screen, and that phone screen is attached <laughs> to the Twitter app, which is attached to Game of Owns at replies. Mm. So, here is a Twitter update. Of the people who tweet uh, are talking to us on Twitter, uh, Brienne of Tarth says to us, "I'm listening as fast as I can." So Good. <laughs> I feel like we often put the pressure on some of our listeners to listen faster or whatever. Ah. And uh, Brienne of Tarth is rising to that challenge, so we want to thank her. Thank you, Brienne. D13 Pro on Twitter says, "My own goes to Old Nan dubbing Jojen Reed Little Grandfather." that's pretty good she seems to be as wise as she is told to be (laughs) of years uh yeah i I had forgotten about that uh nickname for joja but it fits fits. little grandfather Uh, evan says my own goes to horsebane and crow food umber for having the best nicknames in the north no Mm. kidding Mm. the bane of all (laughs) whores that's a good name gosh yeah horsebane that's that's interesting uh maferva (laughs) (laughs) maferva says uh, my own goes to the analogy between the wolf pack and the Stark children. Honestly, that whole chapter made me cry. It was That's a good analogy. Yeah. I liked it. We should have mm-hmm. read it. <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. Next time. Sorry, listeners. Hannah Gans says, Owen goes to the description of Ghost as, quote, the sixth that stood aside and the white who has no voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Poignant, poignant insight into John. I wonder, so is uh, Ghost a mute wolf? We know Ghost is the albino, but why are they silent? John talks about Ghost howling, right? Am I I imagining that? Mm -hmm. Well, when they knew each other, he was kind of the odd man out. Yeah, and having having no voice, maybe that's just like however they communicate with each other. He doesn't really talk to them. Um, I don't know. He just seems like a weirdo. Well, speaking of that, Roshni uh, sent us a tweet and says, my own goes to John for being an outsider, even as direwolf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So True. there you go. We got a lot of people who are texting us or, or tweeting at us and telling us that they are listening to Game of Thrones on their commutes in the morning. Uh, we have a picture of a cup of coffee and Game of Thrones pulled up on the iPad. So we want to thank 
all the people who add us uh, to part of their morning routine. Yeah, we clearly mm-hmm. have some employed listeners, so look out, everyone. <laughs> hey. That's a Starbucks you know, they, could, they could do with I'm all saying. that money. <laughs> well, what could they do, King? <laughs> <laughs> they can buy more coffee. <laughs> Come on, Buy more God. coffee. Pay their bills. Yeah. Roundabout. 40% off. Wait, is it called roundabout? It's 20% off, and yes. 20% off on Steam Network. I'm buying that right as, as soon as we hang up. And it looks like Ion Throne and Window the White Fawn, instigator of our breakfast shenanigans, you guys like that, uh, yeah. had a conversation with each other on Twitter. Thank you. So, at the White Fawn KBH at Game of Owns, we broke our fast with white chocolate double shot espresso and a meal of oats with raisins <laughs> and almonds and period. And then Window the White Fawn the wife on KBH on Twitter finished the story for him. So this is where it gets interesting. And brown sugar brought from High Garden. We were then able, <laughs> with full bellies, to face the tasks of the day. So I guess they were able to do the rest of their day after this. <laughs> and that was just today. That was just today. So I hope that you guys had a good day and uh, have a good week. And thank you for listening and for being friends. Thank you. Thank you. Let's head over to the wall real quickly. And of course, yes, I'm talking about. The Facebook wall. You guys must see this. Apparently, there is a little finger doll. Oh, I saw that today. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a sparkly baby blue bathrobe. <laughs> this must be handmade. Paula Mitchell uh, posted this photo to our wall. For those of you who don't know, our Facebook wall um, is facebook.com slash game of owns. And uh, Paula Mitchell was was kind enough to to share with us this beautiful photo of a little finger it looks like a like a ken doll uh but that has been reimagined and given the stash and the goatee of uh of or the soul patch of uh of peter baelish oh yeah so that um it is sounds def- like she's making the outfit for him which is pretty baller she did and it's so. freaking that awesome so cool did you see the picture i've put it on yeah. skype it is ridiculous yeah, yeah that's really cool he's got Very rings nice. thanks paula he's got brown boots oh my god he does have rings yeah and he has a that big couch so cool. very fucking cool yeah. i love that that's really cool i can't believe she posted on our wall that just like makes me happy it's like wow thank you <laughs> we also got some owns uh for this particular chapter one from katia price who says, uh, hi guys, is it too early for the next chapter's owns? The answer to that is yes. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just listened to brand and I so wanted to post it straight away. So I don't forget my own goes to Jojen Reed for persistently caring for his education and the development of his special skills. Even though brand doesn't quite understand yet why he, while working into summer, is supposed to mark a tree or bring back a rabbit uneaten. Mm -hmm. He is still a long way from grasping the meaning of binding the wolf to your will and doesn't see the issue with summer at most times doing what he wants instead of what Bran wants. But what good is it to be able to warg into other beings, animals, and humans alike if you're not able to control their will and steer them to do certain things? Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how it all plays out in the end and to what extent... Bran is using his skills to shape the future of Westeros. That's a good I post. mean, this is this really this chapter is the first time that element of it is introduced, isn't it? I mean, about where the wolf can somehow inhabit Bran. It's not just one way. 
that Bran is actually going to need to shape and bend the will of the wolf into submission. Yeah. Doesn't that strike you as like a little bit dark? It definitely feels wrong because there's a wolf yeah. in there. I like in 2014, our current our current state of things, that wouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. There'd be a Twitter campaign in four seconds on this. Well, I mean, it's like we said this one <laughs> when he when he ends up working into Hodor in the show, we were like, oh, that's such a violation. Like Hodor feels dirty and stuff. Yeah. He's like, you're you're taking a right. But it's it's like that, but with the with just the wolf still here in this chapter, because but well actually no, it's worse because the wolf is like a villain who's now inhabiting Bran, who's like gonna reverse warg into Bran and start controlling Bran. I think it's just because of Bran's desire to to be free and to be out roaming the the rocks. But it's a very real like danger, I guess, that he's just gonna it's kinda like in being John Malkovich, he's gonna live inside the wolf and watch him, you know, live life. It feels like drugs. Yeah. The way people use certain things for escapism or what have you, whether it's categorically or whether it's even recognized or whether if it's something that is literally just, uh, you know, something that's not even personally known by the subject. Uh, and in this case, I think we, we might be seeing that with Bran. I think that his warging, uh, is, is sort of an escape. It's sort of, you know, it generates a lot of different feelings for him, a lot of different emotions that he just can't feel anymore. The, the kinds of, of, danger he used to enjoy when he was climbing for example could reach his uh thought processing center when he's about to fight the alpha of a particularly random group of wolves who killed a particularly random deer Mm -hmm. yeah but i think it gets into that whole discussion and it's for another time but and in parts we've probably had it before is you know what really is there a moral compass to warging, right? I mean, yes, it provides the things that you just said for a nine-year-old. It's an ability to escape, especially someone who has been disabled to the extent that Bran has. It allows him to live and to breathe, but at the same time, it can also be viewed as a violation if you're using that being as a means to an end to 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 do whatever i mean it, the the possibilities are endless if you're able to control something else or somebody else right it's not a cigarette it's another person that you're having yes. to yeah. use so i mean even though this isn't a you know this isn't someone as sentient as hodor to even be able to say hodor it's still a thing and that is that is oh man that's interesting i don't know if if we've ever had that actual conversation regarding the kinds of things that have happened and will be happening uh, with warging in the series, but I'm interested to see how that, how that plays out because George has two more books to, to write that will probably have warging in it and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be very modern novels, you know? So interesting. one probably definitely will have warging in it. <laughs> I think that um, we've talked about it during the episode where Bran wargs into Hodor. We discussed the ethical implications of yeah. that and you know whether it makes Bran a villain um and it was it was good it was good talk but does that allow hodor to then reverse warg into bran no i don't unless he has the ability i mean i don't i don't know like i think that's a whole nother discussion to have in terms of what the reverse implications could be well, I'm, I'm just saying that was introduced in this chapter so that's kind of cool i think hodor notices bran's presence but i don't think that Hodor has the capability then to go back inside of Bran's mind. I, I think, you know, maybe over time you could blend the two together almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Similar to how Bran has become connected with his direwolf and, you know, how we've read about others who have been connected to other 
animals and we'll see others in the future. But I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's, you have to learn over time how to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, to explain Hodor's interaction in the situation, I think we'll probably find out more whenever it eventually happens in the book. But it appears to me that it's probably really hard to warg into such a strong mental presence as a sentient human creature. So someone yeah. as simple as, as Hodor created a stepping stone for, for Bran to bridge get that gap and such a, a strong moment of need, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's, to me, that explains a lot of things, but mm-hmm. all of it's neither here nor there. Thank you for your, um, for your very long and thoughtful comment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On our Facebook wall and for changing the pacing of how we're doing the content right now because we were just closing <laughs> stuff out, but we're like, let's talk some more. Let's talk some more. Let's talk more. Feel free to leave us your owns on Facebook, just like, what's her name again? Katya. Katya. It's just podcasting. Also, uh, Rebecca Weasley Fraser, who asked, does anyone have any access to HBO Go so I could watch the series? <laughs> can answer her if you want to give that away. You can also reach us as Eric, um, so aptly read from earlier, twitter.com slash Game of Owns. Uh, you can email us if you don't want to uh, go the social media route, contact at gameofowns.com. You can leave us a rate and review on iTunes. It was broken the last time we did the show. Um, we're going to say it's still broken now <laughs> still broken. in the interest of time. Uh, but it is the month of September and it is the season of fall, so nothing less than five months is, is acceptable. And of course, uh, if you'd like to receive a, a little bit of bonus content and insider information from this show, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash goo if you're generous with your wallets we are generous with our additional content and that's basically <laughs> that's how that relationship works <laughs> no, we are. We are. can we just say that this last the the first episode that we posted we haven't had much time to talk about it because uh, kate was gone and then i was gone but uh thank you so much for the positive feedback and for all the gracious replies because it was the first thing that we've given you after we uh, made the Patreon and to hear that so much of you guys so many of you guys loved it thank you because it was yeah, so much was fun awesome. to make yes, yes it so was more. that's the plan I know we're continuing to have a blast repping up or, or revving up for the next content pack but uh, we still have a ton of ideas and we really just want to get to each and every one of them uh, putting them into action so uh, please continue to share uh, the Patreon information with uh fellow listeners and other people out there, and um, we thank you in advance. I got a clicky keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> you got a QWERTY keyboard? It's taking us away. Don't forget, next week we return to our friend the Onion Knight, Davos. Davos! Seaworth, the sequel. Davos, read along with us, won't you? In a storm of swords, yes. Leave us your owns in all places imaginable, and we will search for them, and pull them, and pluck them, and do all other sorts of things to them. those owns in any places you can find. Until then, Kate, take it away. You're so good at this. We also got some owns uh, for this particular chapter. Um, one from Katja Price. 
I hope I'm saying that right. Like if not, I- Katya? Katya. It's Katya. Ketchup? Katya. 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 Oh, Katya. 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 Doing what he wants. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> it's like broken English or run on sentences. <laughs> Jorah would be so pissed that whole time. He'd just be like, like anytime like, yeah. like Dario's getting the action for the sack or whatever. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> and you know what else? My butt does not hurt. Why do your guys' butts hurt? I sit on the floor to record. Okay. Oh, that's we right. talked about this. Uh, God. God. What's, what, what's so, next? It's just podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's just, it's just podcasting, guys.